the reality is it's more than that, right? Mm -hmm. Life better be more than that. And I think that's what we're really trying to get across to our employees and that that is why we want to be profitable so we can give it away. Success. We may feel like someone's just lucky, that their success just happened magically overnight. Vision, hard work, tenacity, failure, and reinvention. These are actually some of the essential ingredients that make up success. And there is so much more. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I am joined in the studio by Otterbox founder, chairman, and chief visionary officer, Kurt Richardson. Kurt is a serial entrepreneur who created the first prototype of a waterproof case in his garage in the early 1990s. And since then, Otterbox has evolved into the number one best-selling protective case for smartphones and is the leader in protective cases for mobile technology. I'm excited to welcome Kurt Richardson to The Spark. Welcome, well, thank Kurt. thank you. I'm really glad to be here. So I've, I've read some things about you. I was checking out different resources on that's the internet. Always, that's always spooky. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it seems like you've always had this entrepreneurial mindset. You know, starting back in seventh grade when you did Kurt's Lawn Service. Yeah, I, I think it even goes back further than that. I mean, I think back to um, whether it was neighborhood garage sales, getting all the kids' stuff, taking a cut, you know, or whether it was uh, we had a BB shooting range in our garage, which was charged by the BB, but you could recycle BB, so it was a good thing. So a lot of different things, like sandbag business in the winter, shoveling. So it was always, there was always kind of out of necessity because my dad's a minister. So growing up as a PK, there's not a lot of money to go around. You know, pastors don't aren't abundant in dollars. So if you want something, if you want a bike or you want to do something, you've got to earn your own way. And so I, that, that probably helped spark that, uh, get the juices flowing per se. Yeah. So from as, as a young guy, you were already, you had that mindset on of, I can earn it. If I don't yeah. have it, I can earn it. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it was everything from creepy crawlers on the bus, you know, selling those incredible edibles. I don't know if you remember those, yes. but those were big sellers. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, and so then it says your first successful business was at age 21. Mm -hmm. Not that the lawn service wasn't a successful business right, in and of itself, right. but uh, it got a little bit bigger with the Genie plastic tooling. Yeah. Well, at, at 21, I had the opportunity to buy out an uh, old Hungarian toolmaker here in town. The name of the company was Genie Plastic Tooling. I changed it to Richardson Tool and Mold right after I bought it. But that was the original start for even when people say, well, Otterbox, you know, we're coming up on our 20 years, but really, to me, we're coming up on about 35 years. So, you know, there was all those prior years that helped really make Otterbox what it was, I mean, the, whether it was relationships or knowledge or, or what I would say multiple failures, failing forward, um, is what, as long as you're learning from those things, but a lot of those things added up to really help Otter be successful. Well, and that's definitely one of the things that I wanted to speak with you about, this failing forward. Yeah. Did, did you feel like that that first business, how did you, quote unquote, fail there? Yeah, what that, were you learning there? Well, I, learning, first of all, just my first dive into 
being in business for myself, you know, in a, in a real way at 21, um, you know, learning to set up books, learning to legal, uh, everything that needed to be done back in the day, as well as buying machinery, getting a loan, uh, employees, you know, a lot of those things learning and then growing as a business. Um, that one didn't per se grow, fail. It more grew into something that eventually was like, okay, this isn't fun. Let's change it, you know. So many times it for me it was, I would say I never went bankrupt. I just went back to the garage about three times, you know, and started over. So a lot of that was – but a lot of that was failing forward to asking the question, getting more uh, education, learning from those mistakes and going, okay, how do I do this different? How this doesn't, this doesn't feel right? Why do I continue to bump up against a ceiling as an entrepreneur? And a lot of that came later on from, from just E-Myth, a book called E-Myth by Michael Gerber. E-Myth is about a lady who likes to bake pies much like a guy who liked to have a machine shop and build molds. But you soon, soon realize that it's much more than that. You know, business is more than that. And it's easy to – you see why small businesses fail. And my mind were failing. Mine would grow and then they'd have to regress because I was failing. As an entrepreneur, as a leader, I didn't understand the whole thing. And it took E-Myth, that experience of E-Myth, and it ended up with five years with a business coach um, that really made a difference, really was able to get me beyond some of those, those, that ceiling. So the coach is kind of what helped promote you, if you will, or, or expand your mindset? Oh, very much so. Yeah. You know, I, I, as just a high school graduate, I didn't understand the blocking and tackling of business. And the more I've been around college students, I'm not sure they do either. You know, you come out of there with some knowledge, but you don't, you, the dots aren't connected. So for a small business, it's important that all those dots are connected, especially when you're small and you have to wear all those hats. You know, you got to wear the accounting hat or at least understand the accounting. You know, um, you've, you've got to understand your supply chain. I, for a long time, I didn't have a clue what supply chain was. You've got to understand, you know, contracts. You've got to understand, you know, just relationships, manufacturing, depending on what you're in. I was in manufacturing. So there was a lot of other facets of the business that I just didn't understand. Even employee communication. How do you work with employees? How do you communicate with employees? And, and just... How does all that work in concert? How is it orchestrated? Emith talks about that a lot, it being orchestrated. And that, that my business coach, Donna Uzelik, lived in San Francisco. I didn't meet her for probably four years. But um, we were on the phone every week, spent an hour with her, and I had got my homework. So I really got my education um, while working in my business and on my business. And that's, that's a whole other subject, just working in it and on it. As a small business, it's important to do that. And I, most people are just sucked into it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just involved in the daily grind, the, uh, yeah, the tyranny of the urgent, the fire of the day. And I, I think for a long time, I got all my uh, worth out of that. Oh, I put out a lot of fires today. But I soon realized I was a bigger arsonist than a firefighter. So in my own business, I created more issues than I solved. And it just, it, you know, that kind of smacked me upside the head. And I had to understand why and how do I change? 
you know, how do I change that in my business? And with eMyth, it's it's about systems. Systems run the business and people run the systems. A lot of people go, well, you're just turning everybody into a robot. Well, not really. You really are building systems and processes so that people don't have to recreate their job every day. They come in, they know what to do, and guess what? They get to be more creative because they're not having to figure it out all the time. So now their juices flow in more creative ways. How do I do my job better rather than recreating my job every day? So that was, that was a big learning for me. So I, I like that, too, what you're saying is so when someone comes in, it's almost like they have this list of expectations. Like these are the things, these are the processes we need to get done today. These are the things, and then the rest is up to you. Right. The normal, I mean, there's, there's repetitive things you do every day. You know, even ordering office supplies is a perfect thing. How do I know? How do I not run out before I reorder? You know, so now I'm dealing with the ty- tyranny of the urgent. I got to get on the phone right away. But if you have a system in place, then that stuff just becomes automatic, right? There's a list. You get down to this level. You put it on the list. It gets reordered every week. You know, that's just one simple example. But when you look at a business and where the issues are, most of the times you can usually break it down into three things. You can break it down into systems, money, or people. And I find most of the time it's a system issue. You know, even when people go, I need more money. I need more money to do this. I'm going, well, let's look at that and go, first of all, do you really need to do that? And is there a smarter way to do it? Or I need more people. I need more people. I'm like, well, do you really need more people or do you need to do it different? You know, so it's, it's really being a good steward of your business and being a good steward of the dollars you have. Well, it sounds like you had to learn this, though. This is like I've heard it called like uh, baptism by fire. Yeah. Like you have to be in it. You have to be in it. You can't just learn all this in a book. The problem is it's a slow burn for me. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had just snapped there to have been a fire. But I think the reality is it takes it takes time to learn those lessons. And and you can speak that you can say, hey, I'm I'm. I'm all about systems and processes, but as an entrepreneur, that is not your nature. You know, you have to find the right people to put around you that are very systemic and systematic in how they think and how they build systems and processes. Because the entrepreneur is not very good at that. You know, they're usually out in front and thank God there's not a whole lot of entrepreneurs because it'd be really messy, you know, but it's all the support. So it's really, it does come to putting the right people around you or like Jim Collins would say, you know, putting the right people on the bus and then putting them in the right seats. And then you can just about drive that bus anywhere, you know. So that's, that's the key to really setting up a, a good business, you know, and then culture plays a huge role in that too. I, I hear so much about that. I was just at the Inc. 5000 in October mm-hmm. and they just emphasized over and over creating a culture. Right. Um, how have you found, what, what have you found is most effective for you in creating a positive culture at Otterbox? Well, I, I think it goes back to the entrepreneur, to the CEO, because I truly believe that the the culture is the CEO's responsibility. Now, 
I, I'm not CEO at Otterbox anymore. I don't want to be CEO at Otterbox. You know, my, again, I, I work at Otterbox not a lot. I have other fires I'm out there lighting with other startup businesses and other ongoing businesses that we have. Um, but the reality is culture is probably the most important thing to executing a vision. So it all does start with a vision. You know, you have to have a vision. Okay, this is where we've been, this is where we are, and this is where we're going. And that has to be really clearly communicated to everybody. Now, in order to get everybody to be on board with that, you've got to have a pretty solid culture. Now, I heard at one time that, you know, uh, the average employee really only engages with the business and where it's going for about 15% of their day. Now, Mm. I don't know if that's true. It's not true at Otter. Yeah. But... and, and I really believe that so much of that is because of culture, is because people understand the vision. They may not 100% understand it, but they have a pretty good idea of where we're going as a company. You know, they understand our mission. Our mission is we grow to give. So, I mean, that's, that's a big part of our culture, giving back. It's very important for us that to whom much is given, much is expected. And, and we very much so operate that way. And we try to put that into every part of our culture, whether it's through Otter Cares or other parts of Otter about giving back. Every employee gets 24 hours of volunteer time, paid time off. And we have about 80% uh, participate in that. Typically, most companies, it's only about 30%. So we, that, that tells you something about the culture, right? Mm-hmm. So those kind of things, along with core values, you know, how are we going to treat each other? How are we going to act here? How are we going to operate with integrity? We're going to treat others who want to be treated. treated yeah. Right. So those are all really important things that are key, I think, to our culture. Every business is going to be a little different and every CEO or founder is going to have a different vision, I hope, and they're going to gather the people around them that believe in that culture and want to be part of it. Well, and so I'm curious, how do, how do you keep people, you were saying, you know, they, they most people only spend about 15 minutes being aware of what the culture is and well, what the vision is. Well, 15% of their day. Oh, excuse me, 15% of, of their day. Yeah. So 15% of their day is only spent with that. How do you keep that in awareness? How do you keep those important visions being present? Yeah, repeat, 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 repeat. You, you have to. You know, you can't expect people to get it after one conversation. So it's continually reinforcing the vision, the core values of how – we're going to work together, how we're going to be a community here to achieve a goal. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's, that's really it. You were talking about, you know, the new businesses that, that you're involved mm-hmm. in. And I know um, I read that you're, you're doing this um, with your wife. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I want to make sure. Nancy? Is Nancy, that? yes. Yeah, uh-huh. okay. Yeah. And that you guys are co-founders of Blue Ocean Enterprises and Blue Ocean Holdings. Right. So tell me a little bit about... So yeah, these businesses. Sure. Yeah. So Blue Ocean is really, uh, I guess you'd call it the mothership. You know, it, it, everything comes under that, even Otter. Um, so uh, we have we have Old Oak Distilleries here in town, where we're making some great bourbon and gin and some a little bit of vodka and a great um, uh, bourbon cream. So everybody loves Nuku. 
Yeah, it's, nice. it's good stuff. So, and that's available in Colorado. We're in about seven states now. Um, so that's really just getting launched. Um, our sons have a business called Angel Armor here in town where they, they make uh, bulletproof technology. So they make vests for uh, police, military, as well as car door, um, where you can bulletproof your car door in about 10 minutes. It's sad we have to do that. But the reality is reality, right? Yeah. So um, they're creating some great technology, lightweight, flexible, form-fitting rather than – I mean, you look at these poor police officers. I mean, they're walking around with two inches stuck all around their body, you know. Mm-hmm. Theirs is very light, very thin, and uh, you can you can go different levels of uh, protection. But that came out of Otter too. Actually, that was kind of a spinoff out of Otter. And then they turned her out buying some other technology. But they're doing really well and growing. Um, so that's exciting. We've got some other spinoffs out of Otter. Now, I, I personally have backed off of a lot of creating a lot of small businesses, um, as you find that that it's really about leadership in those areas. And you're looking for, if you're going to invest in a small business, you're looking for a leader. Because um, without a leader, that thing is not going to happen. Um, found that out a couple of ways, you know, <laughs> expensive ways. But uh, real estate is another big thing Blue Ocean Holdings takes care of. So we have I think we're probably pushing 700,000 square feet, both in Old Town and around Fort Collins and in the area. So that's a, that's a big part of what we do. Um, we like dirt. Um, <laughs> and then we have, we have a ranch in Wyoming. And uh, I, I spend a lot of time up there just because I love the outdoors. But even with Otter, the new products and new directions it's going is with coolers, outdoor coolers and mugs, very much competing with Yeti. And, uh, and and other people in that space and doing quite well. So just launched our soft sided. So that's good. Yes, yeah. Lot, lots of lots of iron still lots in the irons, fire here. Lots of iron. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't. Nancy always says, "Does every hobby you have have to turn into a business?" So <laughs> I'm learning not to do that. Keep them hobbies. So I'm I'm curious what what how did you know that you were ready to transition out of OtterBox just being yeah. there and being yeah yeah. Well, I was bored. You know, so yeah. so as an entrepreneur, when you're small, you're wearing all these hats. I mean, I'm flying to China. I'm coming back. I'm I'm working with accountants. I'm working with lawyers. I'm working with suppliers. I'm out on manufacturing floors. I'm working with engineers designing products. I'm dealing with supply chain. And then you get big, and you start to assign those jobs to other people, which is the right thing to do. Not that I could do all those very well. And at the same time, sell stuff and be involved with customers. It just so your job starts to hopefully focus on the most important thing, doing the most important thing today and going forward. And as an entrepreneur, I think when you get below about three things, you get pretty bored. And my job pretty much got down to about two things. And I was like, you know, it's time for somebody else to take the reins here and and run with it and and that's that's worked to some extent. We've gone through a couple CEOs over the years, and but I feel like we've really settled in with uh, really a great executive group now, and Otter's doing better than it's ever done right now. That's fantastic. Yeah. 
Good for you, and great for you to have the ranch up in Wyoming. I I used to live up in Wyoming, and oh, you did. Where'd you it's live? Beautiful. Up there? Well, horribly, uh, Cheyenne. Oh, okay. But, but yeah. we would always. <laughs> I'm not saying Cheyenne was beautiful, but we would always go into the snowy range. You bet. Well, we're right over by. We're right across from the snowy, so we're on the east east side of 287 there. Oh, so, beautiful. Yeah. 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 It, it's, we want to keep that a little bit of a secret. It is a secret. Yeah. It is, it, there's there's nobody up there. Once you yeah. pass Wellington, it's like another world. It's know? fantastic. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, and earlier we were talking a little bit about this concept of failing forward. Right. And, and I'm curious for you personally, looking back, is there any certain failure of yours? Because I know a lot of times, you know, we, we look at someone's life such as yours and we go, oh my gosh, you know, he's such a sure. success. And yeah. pe- people can't relate to that part. They just see the end product. Right. They don't see right. all the work behind it. Yeah. Well, people always go, yeah, Otter, what an overnight success. I go, yeah, a 35-year overnight success with built upon multiple failures. And, but also a lot of uh, great learnings, you know, I go, those failures, they're, they're just part of the process. You know, it's just part of, I call life is pretty much progressive revelation. You learn as you hopefully learn as you go along. And I think those that uh, experience success do learn as they go along. And for me, that's, that's been a big part of it is just really taking those, those mistakes, those learning where you're, what you're good at, what you're not good at. So you're really learning about yourself. Um, I, so many of us never really do that. And I think for me, some of the, the biggest I can go to, I mean, we could talk about financial successes based on failures, or we can just talk about really just learning about oneself, right? Learning about what it's really all about. Yeah, I'm way more interested in that. Yeah, and yeah, I, I kind think, of the philosophy. Yeah, and for me, I think that that was a huge turning point for me in just business is to really go, okay, what is this about? And it's more than just a mind thing, right? It's a heart thing. So really discovering what's in your heart. You know, what when I take that last breath, was it a good life lived? We'll always have regrets, but for the most part, are, am I going to go, yeah, the, I, I lived it full. I, I slid into the hole, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and it was great, you know, and, and, and I really do want that. And I, I had to, or I had, it was probably, I would say, 10 years ago when I really, working with my business coach, really got challenged on what matters most. What is your, my, Kurt's primary aim in life, and, and, and what is that? And for me, I really was discovering that I wanted to be able to help others discover who they are and what their talents are and what their gifts are and how do they make the most of those. And I think if you talk to people at Otter, you'd find very much so that that's part of our culture. Um, a lot of it has to do even with, you know, um, after you've been at Otter a year, you get a, what's called a life plan, where you work with a life planner. This is uh, through the Patterson Center. And you actually spend two days with a planner to really map out your life, where you are, what your gifts are, where your talent, where do you want to go? And then how do you work on that? And the accountability part of that, both, both you know, from a financial side, a physical side, a spiritual side, all of those things make us up, right? Yeah. So to be in balance with those things, and I, I'm certainly not always in balance with that. You know, that's, that's as I don't think anybody is, no. you know. So, but if you're, if you're wrestling with that, asking yourself that question, 
But I think that's the key, asking yourself that question. Most people never do. It doesn't even come up, you know. So when most entrepreneurs come to me and go, well, how, how, what's, what do I really need to do to get this ball rolling? I, I'm, my first question is you better understand what you really want. And I didn't do that till I was in my early 30s. So for me, it was like that was a big aha moment. That really helped start to build, you know, talking about the culture of Otter. Even the building we're in today, our headquarters, was very much aligned with the vision I had, what that building should look like, you know, when it's done. Actually, my, my business coach showed me that paper here a couple of years ago. She said, do you remember this? After she came and visited, she says, it's exactly like what you wrote. And I hadn't remembered that. So that's another thing. Write that's it down. Cool. Write yeah, it down. Yeah. Write it down. When you, as you have these goals, these ideas, write them down. You'd be surprised how many of them happen, right? You know. So we, we were given permission to ask. We were created as creators, and that doesn't stop. That just keeps happening. And I can't always explain how or why. I don't. I don't need to. Right. But, you know, for me, it's it's very much all about that. It's really about saying, just discovering what, who you are, what you want, giving yourself permission to do that, and but also understanding how that affects everybody around you and the community around you. So whether it's a community at Otter or our community right here in Fort Collins. Approaching its 15th year on the air, KRFC is a community-centered radio station and streaming network focused on telling the stories of Northern Colorado. Our programming and operations are built by more than 200 volunteers who feature a wide variety of voices, opinions, and musical tastes. We produce over 65 shows locally with music, news, and community affairs programming with a hyper-local focus. We're streaming worldwide on www.krfc.fm and other platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Echo, and others. To learn about how you can support KRFC through underwriting, visit www.krfc.fm. Next time on The Spark... It's such a powerful part. You have to get emotionally connected. Like these things you want have to be like another strand of your DNA. We talk with speaker, entrepreneur, New York Times bestselling author and convicted felon Weldon Long about the power of consistency and how he went from the inside of a jail cell to being the head of one of America's fastest growing companies. Next time on The Spark. Well, what you're saying really resonates with me. I mean, I get really excited as you're talking about these things 
Because I do think how important that is. I mean, my work is actually very similar to yours in that way, Uh that I am helping people to do exactly that, define what it is that they want in their lives, looking at themselves holistically, taking that inner inventory. Right, exactly. You know, and I can't tell you how many times I've talked about the importance of writing it down, getting that clear vision, Mm -hmm. and then that's just it. When you go back, even a year later, sometimes you look back and you're like, holy cow, I didn't know how I'd get from point A to point B. Yeah. But because I had to find it and put it out there, oh, yeah. we, that's yeah. part of what helps make it happen. And when you go back and review that, you see, and, and I, I've never done a journal. I've actually been going, okay, I need to start to journal. Um, I, me and Nancy were listening to a podcast the other day, and it was like, okay. Uh, and I told her, I said, well, well, I don't know if I'll remember to journal if I do it every day. You know, I'm just the kind of guy that I'm just going, and, which isn't always good. Um, but I think it would be good to start to write journal. I mean, I've always done goals and and vision and things like that, written that down. But just on a daily uh, basis, I I think it would, I think it might be good exercise for me to start to do at 60, right? That's perfect. (laughs) No time like the present. That's right. That's right. So, and and I'm curious because I hear lots of different things about journaling. I mean, that's that's a big thing right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious for topics, when you think about what would you want to be journaling about? What is it? Yeah, that's just it. I was going to Google that. (laughs) I was really, I was going to Google that. What do you write in a journal? Because I've never done a journal. So I think for me, it'd be more like what, what happened today? And maybe reflect on you know uh, what I'm grateful for, and 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 just write down thoughts. I mean, and just start. I think some of it is just starting. Yeah. You know, with so many yes. things, it's just starting. Um, even people with their business, I go well. Sometimes it's just you just gotta go. Don't wait for all the stars to align. You're you're gonna learn as you go, and you might fail. That isn't always bad because it leads to the next thing. Right. right. I have a model of the Titanic in my office. People go, why do you have a model of the Titanic? Well, I'm just like, don't get too cocky, <laughs> you know. But right. it's also you better have a lot of lifeboats. I mean, yeah. I, t- I talk about this in different in different things, and 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 lifeboats are important because I think it's the options, right? You want to be dreaming about options. It's not that you have to do every option. But when one thing fails, many times it leads to the next thing, and sometimes the next thing is the better thing. And Otter was very much that way. You know, it goes from inject from building injection molds to molding parts to importing tools to um, back to molding and tooling, and then along comes the creation of a little box in a manufacturing company that slowly you get out of manufacturing, you get into sales and marketing and design. So. But all that happened because it's not like I planned that to start with. You know, it happened because what I call progressive revelation. You know, it's those failures and those successes along the ways and all those relationships that happened too. Some still continue today. Some ended badly, you know, but, you know, it's just life. Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, such is life. Yeah. Even yeah. in our personal lives, you know, oh, there's some yeah. friends we carry with us our entire lifetimes, right. and there's some that, you know, unfortunately, for whatever reason, we right. outgrow and we move beyond. Right. right. And that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. It, sometimes it's hard to say that, and you got to deal with it, but, you know, it's, it's healthiness. So. Well, and I want to go back to your Titanic uh-huh. uh, metaphor because I really like that. And I, and I had just heard something myself um, on a podcast that was talking about when you were talking about having all the lifeboats as options. Mm-hmm. 
um, it was saying, you know, literally all those people didn't have to drown, you know, if, if they were actually thinking out of the box. Right. Could right. people have been able to leave the boat and get on other icebergs? Were there other things that they could have done was besides jumping options? into the water? Right. Right. You know, and so when, when you say that, that makes a lot of sense to me, too. Mm-hmm. It's not sometimes you have to think bigger than just right. the sinking ship. Right. Right. But and I think that that trains your mind too to start to think that way. So it becomes very uh, second nature to start to think about those lifeboats, those other options. And then you start to see options where other people don't see them. And that's really the entrepreneur, right? You're creating something out of nothing. You're seeing a void and you're filling the void. You're hearing things that people want but aren't saying. And that's key. You know, so it just takes takes time to uh, do that. And again, it's I don't think there's a magic pill for that. I think it's just life and experience. And I mean, some people hit the home run right out of the box, right? Facebook, things like that. Of course, I wouldn't have wanted to have been Mark last week. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but that but that too. I mean, the guy's only thirty two. You know, he's going to screw up. Right. Of course he's going to screw right. up. He's going to make mistakes. I mean, I, so I don't fault him for that. That's just part of life, you know. Of course, some mistakes are bigger than others, but I, I he'll be okay, you know. But but again, I, I think a lot of it is is just that, growing older, growing wiser, you know, just, it happens. It does. <laughs> well, and, and so, too, when you're speaking about, you know, the, the possibility of, of beginning to journal and do these different things, mm-hmm. you know, I, I study a lot of actual entrepreneurs and different people like Timothy Ferris. Some I don't know if you're familiar with no, him. Uh-uh. He, he's a big blogger and big author. He did the four hour work week was one of his okay, books. I have heard of that. Yeah. OK. Uh-huh. So um, but a lot of these people talk about, you know, how important it is to have a morning routine or morning rituals. Right, right. Do, do you have those? You know, that... I, I I'm not very disciplined there. Okay. I, I wish I was more disciplined there. I go in spurts. But, um, yeah, I need to spend more time just quiet reflecting, prayer, just really more focused in that. Um, I, yeah, that's that hasn't been a very good quality in my life. I'll be the first that's, to say that's it. That's yeah. all right. So in the morning, you just, you're just you more someone who just hits the ground running. Hit the ground running, trying to exercise more. You know, Nancy's a lot better at that than me, but uh, she sucks me into the exercise room. And, and then and I got to have my coffee. If I don't have coffee... You know, any right. diet that says you can't have coffee, I'm not doing that diet. <laughs> right. And obviously you can see I'm not doing that diet. <laughs> I'm with you, though. <laughs> I need my morning coffee. Yeah, yeah. So, but, so you are developing a little bit of a routine, though, yeah. with exercise. No, and I, even... no I am. I, I think another thing that at this point in my life, I've gotten pretty good at saying no. Um, because you can get sucked into a lot of things. You know, you, could you come speak for us here? Could you come do this event? Could, you know, and it's not that you shouldn't do those things because those are all good things. But I think you have to be, um, you have to guard your time. And because uh, one thing leads to another, you know, you can go speak an event and five people want to have lunch and two want to be, you want to be their mentor. And it goes, uh, it goes on and on. And, and you, those are all good things to do. 
And they all, uh, but but I think you have to guard that, and you have to say, okay, I'm going to give a certain percentage of my time to that. Certain percentage of my, a big percentage of my time is my family. Another percentage of my time is my time, and to really be able to do that in a systemic way, which I can't say I am right now, but I'm 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 very I'm I've gotten pretty good at guarding my time. So I think that's important. Otherwise, you just consumed all the time, going, going, going. There's always something to do. And people are going to – it's people's right to ask. But it's your sure. right to say no, you know, so – or yes. So either one. Right. But again, but to really take that inventory right. and look at right. prioritizing mm-hmm. what, what's important right. in your life. Right. Exactly. And I think the entrepreneur has to do that even in business. They have to really – be laser focused with their time because they don't have much. And especially if they're married with kids and I had kids growing up. So it's like during the business while Otter's growing, luckily they'd all left the house by then when it really started to take off. But in the prior earlier years, there was, there was kids running all over the place. So, Well, I'm curious, how did you find balance then at that point? Um, some of it is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> saying, no, you're going to go do this. We're going to do this. You know, so I think it's important to have a healthy partner there to to be there beside you to say, you know, bring your perspective. Now, some of it in business, you just got to get stuff done. And so it is long hours. You do work when others go to bed. And and there there's sacrifices that the family makes. Now, I was in business before I ever got married. And, you know, Nancy's parent and dad was in business for himself. So she she knew the drill. And the boys have never known any different. And they're in business for themselves now. So it, it's, it, it is a lifestyle. It is. I, I think there's a certain mindset that, that has to go with it and an understanding. You know, my mother owned Paulwood Florist oh, really? for 33 years. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so I remember growing up going, okay, mom's not going to be here Christmas Eve till late. Oh, yeah. You know, Mother's Day, she's going to be busy. Uh, Valentine's Day, she's going to be working overnight. Right. You know, right. And you just knew what were regular holidays to us were never. My mother right. just worked 14 or 16 hours mm-hmm. those days. Yeah. And, and you have to. You have, you have to, to. That's to just survive. part. That's a choice, you know, but you're, you're, you're making that choice. And, and when, you're, when you're a kid growing up, you don't know any different. You know, you know, well, why didn't my mom work eight to five? You know, well, she doesn't. Right. But, yeah, but we, we didn't get know to any do, different. We get to do other things because she's successful in doing doing that. Exactly. We had so much pride in her success, you know, in her continued success. Yeah, we've shopped at Paul Woods for years. That's, yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, Yeah, she finally did retire. Uh, But yeah, so I think I had also, you know, being in business for myself, Mm -hmm. it's definitely not your model or my mother's models. I'm my only employee. Yeah. But I did know what was expected. Right. That hard work and having that focus you were talking about. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's, It's, you know, it's, it's a choice, and it's a way you you want to live your life. And I wouldn't do it any different, you know. I, I I've said before. Well, I certainly don't want to go to work for somebody else. You know that that would be boring. So you know, thankfully now I don't have to. So, but but it's still, you know, Otter is still uh, alive and well. Other businesses here in town alive and well and doing well. So yeah, I'm. We're. I I feel good about where I'm at right now with with my time and, and energy and uh, I you know not everybody does around me but <laughs> 
but now working with Nancy, right. what, what is that like now that you guys are actually working on things together? Well, first of all, she is very much involved in the philanthropic side. So she's she's we have three foundations. We've got Otter Cares Foundation, which she founded in 2010, and uh, that's going well. And that's the philanthropic arm of Otterbox. And what it does, it focuses on kids. And really, right now, uh, they've built a curriculum called Project Heart. And what that's about is it's teaching. It started with fifth graders, teaching them how to create a product make some money, and then give it back, give it away. So trying to cultivate that entrepreneurialism and the philanthropy so that the two go together so that as kids grow up and get successful, you're not going to have – all we need is a couple, right, that they create a business, they create jobs that start to make a big difference in the community, but also give back. So to start that early. I think we discovered that when when we started Otter Cares at Otterbox, um, the biggest aha for us was our otters, was when they gave back, what it did for them was much bigger than giving to a nonprofit here in town. That was a great thing, but what it did is it started that spark in them going, well, that felt pretty good. That felt really good. I want to do more of that. I want to give more time. I want to give more money. I want to help others that need help. And, and that, that's part of our culture at Otter. I mean, today we shut down one day a year and we go into the schools, everybody at Otter, 1,200 employees, shut it down, whether it's our offices in Cork, Ireland, our offices in Hong Kong, San Diego, or Fort Collins, or, or our other satellite offices around the world, we shut down and we go volunteer which is pretty unheard of for a business to do. But what it does for your people, for the culture, for the community, huge payback. Not yeah. monetary. It may be monetary. Maybe it shows up there. I don't know. I don't care. You know, it's more about what does it do for people right here in their heart. So, exactly. I mean, that's the, the, and that's, so for Nancy, you know, that, that is a lot of her focus. The Richardson Foundation is another one where we give back more as a family. So we take a percentage of profits from Otter and they go right into that foundation and we give, give away a lot of money. This last year, we, were, we, we have a place in the British Virgin Islands that got destroyed. I mean, the whole British Virgin Islands got destroyed. The USVI got destroyed. Puerto Rico got destroyed. Everybody got what, right. what Irma didn't wipe out, Maria did. So we really have focused this last year Totally screwed up hunting season, <laughs> you know. But so we really focused on helping that nation, you know, helping that nation. First of all, just feeding people. We worked with Convoy of Hope, mm -hmm. and uh, that was quite an adventure and a great adventure. We're still working with Convoy down there now. Now we're more in the rebuilding phase. We're rebuilding a school on Yost Van Dyke, small island off of the BVI. And then uh, probably we'll re try to help rebuild the ferry terminal on the west end. Um, it's just, you know, they just don't have any money. Yeah. So, and when everything's 70% of homes, roof's gone. People living under tarps, you know. This was a fairly affluent area. And, I mean, you know, Necker Island's there. Google has Eustacia. You know, all, the, all those, everything. Nobody was spared. I mean, everything was either destroyed or damaged. Um, so it was it, it was quite 
the deal. I got there about, I left a day, bef- two days before it hit, and I was back in three days later. So it was, I wish I'd have just stayed, honestly, but nobody would let me. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, in retrospect now, I wish I'd have stayed. You know, we, we got out of there just because we needed to get out of there. We came back right away, and uh, Nancy ran ops pretty much here in Fort Collins uh, with another group of people in Convoy of Hope and organized a huge ship to come in with food and fuel and water, basically fed the nation for three months. Oh, so yeah. It, yeah. It just it just really, um, it, it, was, it was a blessing to be able to do that. And, but to meet those kind of needs. So that's what the Richardson Foundation does. And then we've got the Blue Ocean Foundation that focuses more here in town, you know, the Christmas, the lights in Old Town and the fireworks, things like that, things that really help commerce and help the community, um, children's museum, things like that. So those are areas where, we, where our different foundations have different focuses. And some of them allow our employees, well, Blue Ocean and Otter Cares really allow our employees to engage in giving back. Well, you definitely have given back to me because those lights in Old Town, my office is in Old Town. <laughs> and talk about something that lifts my spirits. Yeah. Where are you in Old Town? Because Otter started in 19 Old Town Square. So okay. we're right there in 19 Old Town Square, above Tula's there, and yeah. Sure. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm close to you guys. I'm on Olive and College across from Muggs. Okay. In okay. the old historic Dickey building. Okay. Okay. So yeah, we're we're close by neighbors. Yeah. Neat. But yeah, yeah but, but I, it's really I, magical. And, we love and, Old Town. Yeah. Just love it down there. Yeah. And that's why Otter's over on Meldrum. You know, when we looked at moving Otter, it was really, some of it, it was culture. And everybody loved Old Town. And I loved Old Town and didn't want to leave. But we looked outside of town. And then um, Nancy's really the one that with the old credit union over there where headquarters is. We ripped down half of that and rebuilt headquarters. Before that was done, we had already outgrown it. So we had 3,100% growth over seven years. So it was a rocket ride, you know. So now Otter is about 15 different buildings along Meldrum. People don't realize that. So right. we pretty much have a campus over there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so yeah I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, all those people with their yellow tags you see walking into Old Town every day, that, that's the, all the Otters coming to lunch. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing, I mean, a lot of what drives sure. you is really this this need or this purpose in you to give. Right. And and that you also, you instill that in your workers and your right. employees. Right. Um, and when you say we grow to give, is, is that what you're that talking about? Mission. That's, that that's is our your mission. That is our mission. Our mission used to be uh, we were there to protect, enable a mobile world. Wow, how exciting, huh? <laughs> Basically, we make cases to protect your phone. But the reality is it's more than that, right? Mm-hmm. Life better be more than that. And I think that's what we're really trying to get across to our employees and that that is why we want to be profitable so we can give it away. I mean, you can only have so much. At some point, it really it makes a difference if you're giving back 
to your community, you're giving back globally, you're giving back, whether it's investing in Project Heart to help young kids understand entrepreneurialism and philanthropy and discover maybe who they are. Maybe that's who they are and light that spark early on, you know, or whether it's to be able to support, you know, different other other nonprofits like Convoy of Hope or Cure International or Rescue Freedom International. Um, Nancy is, sits on quite a few boards. People always ask me to be on boards. I said, I don't do boards. She does boards. <laughs> so she's on like four boards. What? So for me, it's 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 exciting to see her grow in her sweet spot. Uh, and she does a really good job on those boards. And especially around the, the, the whole sex slave industry, she's really uh, got in tune with that. She helped get the, the last one, the big, uh, what was it? They did over at CSU. They did, it was like, 500 people showed up. It was really, really a great, great deal. That's powerful. But bringing in lots of different nonprofits that focus on that to get educated and and start to work with each other is key. It's when these small nonprofits try to do it all on their own, you know, it's a lot tougher than if they they partner up. Band together, yeah. 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 What would your best advice be for entrepreneurs that are just starting a new business? Well, First thing I always tell people is read E-Myth because there's just different parts of a business and it's important as the entrepreneur that you understand all those parts. Some of it is just the blocking and tackling, right? So this is a blocking and tackling a business. And I think, uh, well, I know E-Myth very much touches on that and how to be systemic in your thinking and systematize your business. That's, that's important. But I think it's, and part of that for the entrepreneur is understanding what they want. I always go, that's the first thing. You know, if you're going to start a business, really understand what you want. Come to grips with that because then your vision's going to come out of that, right? Your core values are going to come out of that. Your culture's going to come out of that. All those things start to align. And But if you're not clear on that, how do you ever communicate that to employees or customers? So, to me, those are some of the most important things. Uh, E-Myth is a great start. There's lots of great business books out there, but that's a classic. You know, there's E-Myth Mastery after that that really goes into the systems and the processes more. And and potentially get a business coach, get a coach. Yes, I you wonder know? about that. I hear about that all the time. I, I think it's really important. Get a coach. Uh, a mentor's great, but I think a coach is better, especially if there's a curriculum there where you're really forced to work on your business while working in your business. There's a healthy balance there. People can get out of balance with both. Early on, I was in it all the time, never working on it. And then when I got on it, I maybe overdid it and then I had to back off and got a healthy balance there where you're doing both. You can't stop making stuff and selling it, right? Right, but you need a bigger perspective. Right, right. Kind of a meta right. self. Go that up to can... that 30,000, 40,000 foot level, look down and just see what's, see, see, get a better picture and then come back down, land and go to work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I imagine a coach too helps you see outside of your own box and where you may have your own blinders. <clears throat> right. And I think you want one that'll call you on the carpet. Yeah, you don't. I mean, Donna was great at that. You know, she's like, really? I mean, you didn't do your homework. Why didn't you do your homework? What, what, what's gotten in the way? And sometimes we had to deal with some of those fires that were going on. And, but even to get that coaching and how to deal with those fires. So make sure you get a coach that's savvy. You know, don't, don't get a rookie. Right. You know, so everybody's right. got to start somewhere. So I don't want to hurt all the rookies, but it's important. 
Well, and then what I love, too, to kind of tie it together with with this huge thing of giving, you know, we grow to give mm-hmm. and, and people learning that concept. I love that you're starting with fifth graders. Yeah. I you mean, know, just, that's so cool. Yeah. The, the, I think you you can learn to give early on, even when you are not in plenty. It's important that you give you give back your time, you give some money, you got to have some skin in the game of life. Right. And I think that 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 is it. Mm-hmm. giving back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I used to get so mad at my mom, but when I was in high school, if I was feeling down, she'd be like, you know, you probably need to go volunteer and do something for someone else. <laughs> wise woman. What? Yeah, <laughs> wise woman. Yeah. But it's true. And I find that too with my own clients, yeah. you know, and people yeah. that suffer sometimes from depression, mm-hmm. just the act of doing something for someone else, it pulls you out of yourself. It right. lifts you up. And well, you can get, as an entrepreneur, you can get so focused on your business that other stuff is going on around you, whether it's your family, your wife, your life, you know, you're, you're ignoring all that. And that's that, not only working on your business, but working on your life, too. And you, you know how healthy, how important that is. Right. Well, and like you said, it's, it's never all going to be in balance all the time. No. And, and no. I think that's an important thing to say that, right. you know, it's unrealistic to think, okay, I'm going to have all these pieces of pie all together. You know? <laughs> well, I, I've, I've, I'm old enough to know that I go, oh, man, things are feeling pretty good. I wonder, wonder where that left hook's coming from, you know, because it's common. Right. You know, I always, you know, business life is much like a game of whack-a-mole, right? You smack one down and two more <laughs> pop up. I mean, it's just it's just the way it works. It's true. And I think if, if we can look at those as, you know, challenges are always going to happen in life. Mm-hmm. You know, life is rarely not a little bit of a roller coaster. But when we learn to just embrace it, yeah, that's part of life. Yeah. You don't have to dread it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Then we can kind of embrace those challenges and just go, okay. Enjoy the ride. That's right. <laughs> look where I can hit this one on the head. Yeah, and, that's that's right. Yeah. That's right. Wonderful. Well, I just want to thank you so much for this time together. I just you bet. Um, have really enjoyed speaking with you. And I guess to, to leave listeners, what would you say has been your most important lesson on this journey? Um, discovering what I really want. I always come back to that. And and it's not again, I go back, it's not financial. I mean, certainly we've been blessed financially, but it's not that. It's really more what's in your heart, and it, it is about giving back. It's not yours. At the end of the day, you don't get to take it with you. you know. So be the best steward of what you've been given, whether it's talents or money or both, or your time, your heart, your knowledge. Share it. Give back. Thank you so much, Kurt. You bet. was such an uplifting and inspirational experience. Beginning with his mindset at a young age, the way that he worked hard for what he wanted, and how that mindset evolved through his career to include effective communication skills, how to create a positive and thriving work climate, how to cultivate core values, and how to help others to find the best in themselves. The interview with Kurt also highlighted his exceptional core value 
and Otterbach's mission statement, Grow to Give. It is so evident about how he's encouraged his employees to give back to the community by giving them a paid volunteer day each year and how his own contributions, whether it's programs in school to help the fifth graders learn to create a product and give back or giving at an even bigger scale, the way that he and his wife and their foundations helped to give aid and rebuild in the British islands. Kurt inspires us to go beyond ourselves, to continue growing, to strive to be the best we can be, to give back to each other, our communities, and our world. He continues to be a visionary, and perhaps we too can begin to get this vision and cultivate it for ourselves. It starts by believing and dreaming big, and then thinking out of the box. Remember, The Spark is your show too. If you have questions, feedback on the show, or if you're going through something and need a little help, we'd love to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us at our website, thesparkpod.com, and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. New episodes of The Spark air Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Mountain on KRFC, Fort Collins, 88.9 FM, and podcast episodes are released the same day. To make sure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. The show is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional and should not be considered medical advice. If you're having a mental or physical health crisis, please seek treatment immediately. The Spark is produced by NOCO Media Limited, which is solely responsible for its content. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Spark, igniting your best life. I'm Stephanie James. Sure.